What up, Ring Crew Army, and welcome back to a brand new episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and on this episode of the Square Circle Podcast, it is going to be taking a look at the wonderful main event at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Grand Slam that New Japan Pro Wrestling put on an excellent, solid show from start to finish. And that main event was everything. Tanahashi versus Shingo for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title. And if you're wondering how Tanahashi got into the main event spotlight for Wrestle Grand Slam, let me just quickly run it down. So originally, and for weeks building up, it was supposed to be Kota Ibushi versus Shingo Takagi for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title. However, upon receiving the second dose of the vaccine, Ibushi got some side effects. He still has not recovered, even though that fighting spirit that he has, he was ready to compete against Shingo. But New Japan Pro Wrestling management and also the doctors was against it and told him to stay home to still recover. They did not want to put his health and life in jeopardy if he did decide to fight Shingo in that main event at Wrestle Grand Slam. So Kota Ibushi is still recovering at home. I wish him all the best and I send him all the positive vibes for him to get to 100% and come back at 100% at the nearest New Japan showing. We're still doing summer struggles, so hopefully he can come back during those events. And so New Japan Pro Wrestling needed a replacement. Before Wrestle Grand Slam that happened on July 25th, the night before July 24th, it was Tanahashi versus Kenta in the main event in Nagoya, which had a surprising turn of events where Shibata was on commentary. He came out and he kicked Kenta in the head, allowing Tanahashi to pick up the victory over Kenta. And at the end of the match, Tanahashi took the microphone and let New Japan Pro Wrestling Management know that he will be a great replacement for Kota Ibushi if he does not show up for the main event at Wrestle Grand Slam. And having that win over Kenta definitely helped Tanahashi's case to be in the main event. Now, when we get to Wrestle Grand Slam for the main event, both wrestlers did not know they were going to be fighting each other until the very last second. And they pulled out one hell of a match. That's definitely match of the year worthy. And both of them for wrestler of the year. Shingo Takagi has been putting on amazing matches. And ever since winning the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title, he has been putting on amazing world title matches. And it's only going to get a little bit more difficult from here on out. And Shingo is definitely going to be the one to try to dethrone, but he's going to elevate the division. He has done so already. And also with Tanahashi's experience and years of leading New Japan Pro Wrestling into new eras and elevating everyone around him. This match combination was definitely the best thing they came up with. I thoroughly enjoyed the main event. I felt that this was the match we all needed while we're still going through this pandemic. That match was definitely the hope in the darkness of us trying to get out. That is the exact match we needed to feel 
and to experience it while watching New Japan World. If you guys do not have a subscription, it is the best $9.99 that you can ever buy. It's way better than the Peacock Network and the WWE Network. So do yourself a favor and get yourself a New Japan World subscription. There's going to be a lot A lot of surprises happening over the next couple of months between New Japan Pro Wrestling, AEW, Impact, everyone. Everyone is going to have a great time in this wrestling boom. But as I tell you, the main event of Wrestle Grand Slam, it was definitely the hope that we all needed in this weird transition of trying to get back to normal, whatever normal is. And Tanahashi and Shingo delivered that type of excitement and hope that two professional wrestlers can deliver for a championship title. Wrestle Grand Slam was held in the Tokyo Dome. The Tokyo Dome is usually reserved for Wrestle Kingdom events. And Wrestle Kingdom is definitely the WrestleMania to New Japan Pro Wrestling. So for Wrestle Grand Slam to be in the Tokyo Dome, like I said earlier, from start to finish, it was a solid show. Whenever they get into the Tokyo Dome, everybody performs at 1,000%. No one performs under that. Everyone tries to either top each other or make sure that you're talking about their match. And the match that we're definitely going to look into a little more deeper is... Tanahashi versus Shingo. But let me quickly run down the card with some quick thoughts on all the matches, just so that way you guys know that I watched the whole show. And also, I will not be giving the play by play of Shingo versus Tanahashi on this podcast episode. Usually, when I review New Japan matches of wrestlers, you guys will get the play by play, but not this time around. I want to talk about the feeling and the excitement. And why the match was such a hope and then the ending of what happened and the contrast and everything that was going for it because that was really top-notch storytelling. But let me run down the card pretty quick. Wrestle Grand Slam opens up with the Kena Pro Wrestling 2021 match. Yano has been holding on to a trophy that declares him the king of pro wrestling. And it has been one man that has been wanting to get this title, this trophy, off of Yano, which is Chase Owens. Chase, along with other entrants, there were a total of 22 entries, competed in this match. And the stipulation of this match was handcuffs. If you guys are not following me on Twitter, you guys should. I provide some entertainment and some funny memes and some funny jokes at Marie underscore shadows. Make sure you're following me over on Twitter where I had reposted New Japan Pro Wrestling when they came out with the poll of either blindfolds or handcuffs. And I basically retweeted and said, tell me wrestling is kinky without telling me wrestling is kinky. Because I knew that everybody was going to vote for handcuffs being in this match. It's a Yano match. It's out there. It's funny and stupid and somewhat creative if we really want to give it some credit. And it was a handcuff match. So the only ways that you could be eliminated is by pinfall, thrown over the top rope, or being handcuffed to either the ring or the ringside. Gets a little confusing. For some reason, 
New Japan Pro Wrestling has some confusing rules to their matches where it could just be simple. Anyway, Chase survives 35 minutes of the opening match and he becomes the new holder of the King of Pro Wrestling 2021 trophy. He had help from his Bullet Club brethren to get this trophy off of Yano. And so now Chase is the King of Pro Wrestling trophy holder and also the Texas heavyweight champion. And I really hope in the upcoming months of the rest of the year, New Japan Pro Wrestling books him for an actual championship title match. Bullet Club needs championship titles and not trophies. The first match that kicked off Wrestle Grand Slam because the King of Pro Wrestling little mini tournament was the pre-show. So the first match that kicked it off was the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship match. El Fantasmo and Taiji are the champions and they defended their titles against Rocky Romero and Taguchi. They make up the mega coaches. This was an amazing opener to start Wrestle Grand Slam. Rocky Romero and Taguchi are amazing. So are El Fantasmo and Taiji. And towards the end of the match, Taguchi finally gets El Fantasmo's boot off. Because for years, El Fantasmo has been using the sudden death, which is a super kick. And that is the most powerful super kick in the universe of professional wrestling and knocks out his opponent. And that's why he's always getting the one, two, three, always winning his matches and always bringing gold home to Bullet Club where it belongs. So everyone has been telling El Fantasmo that he has a loaded boot. El Fantasmo was like, no, I've been kicking trees for years in Canada. I really want to know how tough those trees are. You know, like, is he kicking it? And then is it falling down? Is it not falling down? But anyway, Taguchi managed to get his boot off. And when he was going to look into his boot, he sort of almost found something. And at the right second, in comes a low blow and then C2R. And that ends the match, allowing El Fantasmo and Taiji to keep their IWGP Junior Heavyweight Tag Team Championship titles. Our second match of Wrestle Grand Slam was for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship match. El Desperado comes in as the champion and he is fighting against Robbie Eagles. Robbie Eagles is an Australian-based wrestler who once joined the Bullet Club and then decided to betray the Bullet Club by attacking Jay White to align himself with Will Ospreay. But in the end, it didn't work out for him. Robbie Eagles just came back from Australia to be in this match. He was going to either challenge El Desperado or... Taiji. This match was really good. Both of them are really great competitors. El Desperado has been a fighting champion. But in the end, the snipers of the skies, Robbie Eagles did the Ron Miller special to El Desperado and surprisingly picked up the victory and became the new and first ever Australian wrestler to be the IWGP junior heavyweight champion. That definitely says a lot about New Japan's booking. They have a lot of faith in certain guys that can carry the company, can carry certain divisions, and definitely have a fresh feel and outlook to the divisions that they want to strengthen and elevate. 
And I think Robbie Eagles can elevate the junior heavyweight division. His next challenger is going to be Hiromu. Hiromu is finally cleared, medically cleared, to be in a New Japan Pro Wrestling ring. And I'm excited about that because Hiromu is one of the best junior heavyweights that New Japan has to offer. And he's just really fun all around. So you can't really go wrong. So I can't wait for their matchup, which will be sometime soon, hopefully. But congratulations to Robbie Eagles on becoming the new IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion. Enjoy it while you can because probably Hiromu is going to take it from you. Now we come to the third match of Wrestle Grand Slam, which is a special singles match that had Okada versus Jeff Cobb. This all started when Jeff Cobb was calling Okada a young boy and was definitely getting under the skin of Okada. This was a fantastic match where Jeff Cobb, who's part of the United Empire that makes up the Great Okan, Will Ospreay, and Hanare, Jeff Cobb was dominating the match, throwing everything at Okada, using his strength, and even working on Okada's lower back. In the beginning of the year, Okada had lower back problems, and Jeff Cobb revisited those problems in this match. So it was an exciting match. I was cheering for Jeff Cobb to get the victory, not because I don't like Okada. Okada's great. He's one of the greats and definitely legendary, putting on five to seven star matches with Kenny Omega. However, in my opinion, Jeff Cobb, along with the United Empire, needs some wins under their belt, needs some gold under their belt to keep the momentum going, even though Will Ospreay is currently recovering from injury and I think that they're not forgotten there are a lot of fans that like the United Empire and I've seen it on Twitter and it's amazing how many fans that they have they are great as a unit I just think that to keep the narrative alive of the whole team being on a whole nother level because they are a unit can definitely add to fresh storylines, can definitely add to fresh members or single members being in different divisions. So imagine this. Imagine if we lived in a perfect world where there was no restrictions to fantasy booking or even storytelling, and we have Jeff Cobb and The Great Ocon teaming up again because they once teamed up during World Tag League but them teaming up again and going after the champions of Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. Spoiler alert, I'm so sorry, but you guys probably already watched Wrestle Grand Slam. Imagine if they went after Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi for those IWGP heavyweight tag team championships. That would be amazing because it's something fresh and new. Even though Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi are getting new opponents to face them for those tag team championships, I do not want to see another Gorillas of Destiny versus Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. I don't want to see that. I want to see Jeff Cobb and the Great Okan taking on Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. And again, if you're following me on Twitter, I even mentioned to give Suji and Yuya a shot at the Tag Team Championships to have fresh storylines, fresh opponents, something that you really don't see a lot, a different style of booking New Japan Pro Wrestling. Because again, even though I have this podcast and you might think that I'm a fan of the business, while I am, I also am a dreamer 
of dream matches and i do love dream matches and i do love when stories make sense right now united empire can definitely take over new japan by storm because bullet club does not have a secure holding of their presence in new japan at the moment even though it seems like evil might be leading the charge and i'll get to that a little bit later in the podcast but just think about it will osprey is at home in the uk recovering from the injury and then he can trust in his guys to make waves to make moves to carry the name united empire when he's not there everyone will be self-sufficient and that's what i like about a team and i think that's the difference between bullet club and united empire and i've said this before if you go back into the backlogs there's a difference between united empire and bullet club bullet club is all about family they got your back and you could do your own thing but they will always be there to bail you out to help you out united empire is one big unit and they all are individuals but they could get the job done without help that's the only difference the other difference too is that they are very self-sufficient so i would really love if new japan pro wrestling books jeff cobb and the great okan to get the tag team titles while they book hinare to get maybe the never open weight championship title or just something i miss that dude i miss watching hinare wrestle and New Japan Pro Wrestling needs to book him. Cool? All right, back to the Jeff Cobb versus Okada match. The match flatlined for me when Okada won over Jeff Cobb. That's right. Okada picks up the victory over Jeff Cobb. I really think that was a bullshit of a win. I understand why it happened looking back at it, but when I first watched the match, it was really a bullshit win. Jeff Cobb had all the advantage in the world, was using his strength to take down Okada, but for Okada to get a simple roll-up. Guys, I think I mentioned this before in my podcast episodes that roll-ups and drop toe-holds and the tiniest little things of moves are definitely dangerous and you have to really expect it but sometimes don't really expect it like i really wasn't expecting okada to pull out a roll-up on jeff cobb but what that affirms to me was that if jeff cobb hit another powerful move on okada especially the tour of the islands because we've seen how many times he beat bushi with it he would have picked up the victory against okada i believe that his strategy going into this match was to avoid the rainmaker and he definitely did avoid the rainmaker and eventually a roll-up got him which again to me it's a bullshit win but for the sake of story young boy okada lived to tell another tale or did he at Kirk and Hall? Jeff Cobb showed up. Jeff Cobb did the tour of the islands on Okada and reminded Okada why Jeff Cobb is one of the strongest in the United Empire and someone not to be messed with. But I honestly think Jeff Cobb should have won that match. A roll up out of nowhere after having a wonderful battle was just a deflated moment of me watching the match. The next match at wrestle grand slam which i already spoiled for you guys was the iwgp heavyweight tag team championship match the 
champions, Sonata and Naito, come in and they face Zack Zaber Jr. and Tai Chi. The whole highlight of this feud is them going back and forth and being playful while also being serious to want a rematch, meaning Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi. They lost it to Sonata and Naito in a very surprising fashion, to which Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi got their rematch because they asked Sonata rather than Naito. And at the Tokyo Dome here in Wrestle Grand Slam, this match was amazing back and forth. Zack Sabre Jr. is one of the best technical wrestlers in professional wrestling, in the universe of professional wrestling. And if you do go back and listen to some of my podcast episodes, yes, I do get on Zack Sabre Jr. and Tai Chi for not having anything fresh and new to keep matches and storyline going. But that was because both of those two were booked in a long freaking feud with the Gorillas of Destiny and there wasn't much to really add on to that layer of storytelling between the two because it was just for the titles and then Iron Fingers got thrown in the way to maybe add something and Iron Fingers helped the story out a little bit but it still didn't provide anything else however both teams during that little mini time earlier in the year delivered on tag team wrestling so in this tag team title match at Wrestle Grand Slam Really great back and forth, really great storytelling. Zack Zaber Jr. manages to do the European clutch, which is a very dangerous, another type of roll-up pin that got Naito for the one, two, three, and they became the new IWGP heavyweight tag team champions. Now we've come to the main event at the Tokyo Dome for Wrestle Grand Slam, Hiroshi Tanahashi taking on Shingo Takagi for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title. This match was definitely the hope that we needed currently. And without a doubt, Tanahashi did not fail any fans and Tanahashi did not fail for himself. The backstage comments that Tanahashi gave was basically he thinks that he failed. He feels that he failed, but honestly, when you wrestle at such a high caliber and you're drawing energy from the fans and you can't let them down and do it and you want to do it for the good of the company as a whole, you didn't fail. Not at all. The performance that Tanahashi gave in this match was definitely the reason why he's called the ace. And why he's always called upon and relied upon whenever New Japan needs someone to step up. So technically, if we want to compare him, let's compare him to a John Cena, to a Hulk Hogan in professional wrestling, where the business is relied on their shoulders and the companies that they work for know they could get the job done for company needs. Shingo is also at that caliber too. He has proven time and time again why he is one of the best in New Japan Pro Wrestling and why he decided to go there to showcase his skills and to fight the very best of the best. And Tanahashi is one of those that are best of the best in professional wrestling in New Japan Pro Wrestling. And so with Shingo being champion, of course, he's going to take on all challengers and this might be the one time where it felt extremely right. The chemistry was on point. And then to have Suji in the corner of Tanahashi. 
Tanahashi has been like a mentor to Suji. Suji looks up to Tanahashi. And Suji's support throughout the whole entire match, the 37-minute match, was so infectious that I was even starting to root for Tanahashi to win the championship title. Imagine if Tanahashi took the belt off of Shingo. Maybe Tanahashi could have broken the curse. There always seems to be this curse around New Japan Pro Wrestling when it comes to the championship title and their champions. Kota Ibushi has definitely had a bad string of luck ever since becoming the first ever new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion ever since wanting to unify it back in January, which was a stupid idea. Still a stupid idea. And I wonder if Kota Ibushi regrets it because this string of bad luck shouldn't really be happening to their champions. And then Will Ospreay takes the belt off of Kota Ibushi. Ospreay is still working through his nagging injuries when he becomes champion. And then when he faces Shingo for that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title, not only does he retain the title, but he also has to relinquish it because the injuries go a little too far. And thus, we don't want anything bad to happen to Osprey. And we want him to recover at 100%. And so now here we are. Shingo Takagi is taking on Tanahashi. Before Tanahashi, he successfully defeated Okada to become the third IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And as I watched... This match, Tanahashi versus Shingo for the third time, because I might have missed something the first two times and then the third time has my notes. But before I get into my notes to talk about certain sequences in the match, I was thinking about this very important question because Tanahashi is obviously getting older, but this is not really a knock on his age. He can still go. But I've noticed that he's starting to do little heelish things inside the ring in order to win. And these are not your typical heelish stuff where they grab the rope, where they disobey the referee, where they use the referee to their advantage. No, it's things that he does in his moveset. Even adding new moves and being inspired by Shibata in order to try to take out Shingo Takagi. Basically, doing moves you normally don't see him do and hurting his opponent or trying to hurt his opponent. And again, guys, if you're not following me on Twitter, go ahead and do so, because I asked a very important question. What if Tanahashi turned into a true heel where he'll still be a fan favorite, but he does things for himself. He does things in the ring to get the job done by any means necessary. This doesn't mean that he has to hold the ropes or hold the tights in order to get the three count. He still represents that beacon of light, that hope that we all love Tanahashi for, but he tweaks his moveset just a little bit to hurt the guy to make sure that he picks up the victory like that. For example, Let's go back to Wrestling Dantaku night one, where we had the amazing 40 minute match between Jay White challenging Tanahashi for that never open weight championship title. And in that match, 
Tanahashi decides to go to the top rope to deliver that huge body splash high fly flow onto Jay White's already in pain agonizing knees that could have taken Jay White out for the rest of the year because when you basically hurt your knees in any form or fashion you're going to be out to recover so I honestly saw that as that's not a Tanahashi thing that's not a babyface thing that's Tanahashi doing things to keep his never open weight championship title at the time so that to me is a little heelish in the game of professional wrestling between those ropes rather than just picking up the tights or holding on to the ropes and not listening to the referee. So that's my take on how maybe it will be interesting to see a heel Tanahashi by doing things in the ring, being dirty while it's still legal. So yeah, if you guys want to leave your thoughts, your opinions, your comments about if Tanahashi will make a good heel and would you be interested in a Tanahashi heel run Make sure to drop a comment over on the Twitter side. Tag me at Marie underscore shadows. You could definitely leave me a voice message on Anchor directly from here on anchor.fm forward slash square circle podcast. So while you guys go and do that, let me be background noise of breaking down the match as much as I can. The opening of the match between Tanahashi and Shingo let us know the pace of the match. It was chain wrestling to start things off and it was definitely two behemoths of wrestlers trying to test out their strength against each other trying to set the tone of who's going to take advantage and who's not going to take advantage for most of the match Shingo took advantage and Shingo believed in his heart that he had Tanahashi on the ropes but Tanahashi is very resilient and he didn't allow Shingo to have complete control of the match Tanahashi was definitely controlling everything with just a simple headlock and obviously that looked like it was irritating Shingo. Shingo manages Shingo manages Shingo manages to do a wonderful pop-up Death Valley driver to Tanahashi. And now again Shingo has control of the match even though the fans were getting behind Tanahashi the whole time. I think in the Tokyo Dome the fan favorite sort of shifted while Shingo is brilliantly gifted as a professional wrestler and a storyteller Tanahashi is the fan favorite and will always be the fan favorite of the Japanese people and the Japanese people were definitely cheering on Tanahashi and then to have Suji in the corner of Tanahashi just made it that much more worth of an experience and that much more worth of Tanahashi being the hero in this match like the match wasn't built up to be villain versus hero it was just a match that got thrown together as a last minute because Ibushi couldn't fulfill being in the main event so why not put Tanahashi but the fans definitely made it feel like Tanahashi was the hero Shingo Takagi is just holding on to a championship title and maybe we might end up seeing a brand new champion here in the Tokyo Dome. Even Shingo himself said that he felt the difference during his press conference for New Japan Pro Wrestling. He felt that 
Tanahashi was getting the one up on him, that the fans were cheering for Tanahashi rather than him. And Shingo was trying to get the fans over on his side. And that's a very powerful ability to have in professional wrestling. The ability to sway fans from one wrestler to the other. Obviously, Shingo shouldn't really beat himself up over the crowd reaction to Tanahashi over him because there were fans for Shingo Takagi. I just think that because of the magnitude of this match, it's a given that Tanahashi is the company's ace and he is the ace and he has always been the ace. So you can't really combat that to an extent. Tanahashi manages to do this wonderful combination attack to Shingo Takagi, followed up by a running dropkick that looks so beautiful. That was Shibata's dropkick and Tanahashi was using certain Shibata moves in this match against Shingo Takagi as inspiration in order to try and become the new IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. And that's something that I will consider to be a new heel approach style where you take inspiration from one of the wrestlers of the past and use it in your moveset because the opponent you're fighting might have studied all of your wrestling matches. But then when you and that person are in that ring for the very first time and you pull out moves from your inspiration, you're going to catch them off guard. And that's the one thing in wrestling that gives you the advantage. When your opponent's guard is down, it is your time to strike. You better strike for that juggler to get the one, two, three. So I would use stuff like that to try to turn Tanahashi heel. He'll still probably have maybe some of the same morals, but at the same time, he would definitely pull out some new things. And those will feel like a big deal, like he wants to get the job done by any means necessary and by doing that you sort of abandon your regular moveset and you come full force with something new here and there it might not be the greatest idea but it could probably work and someone could pull it off if Tanahashi can make me feel hope in this match he could definitely make me feel sorrow and darkness and anything else he wants to do why i'm pushing so hard for maybe if we get a tanahashi heel turn tanahashi manages to put shingo into the texas cloverleaf i love this spot here only because of the tenacity and the never give up that Tanahashi had over Shingo. Shingo definitely used his leg strength to get Tanahashi off of him and maybe Tanahashi will lose his grip and the move will fall apart so that way Shingo doesn't have to get to the ropes to cause a rope break. That wasn't the case. Tanahashi dig deep down inside and reapplied the Texas Cloverleaf a little bit more powerful than before and i thought that was a great storytelling right there again tanahashi with his never give up never tired statement going after a wonderful champion and letting him know that you're dealing with a top caliber wrestler and it's a subtle storytelling that gets me excited for professional wrestling shingo does get to the bottom rope and causes a rope break from there, Shingo does a move out of desperation. Both guys are on the outside. Shingo manages to catch Tanahashi in midair and put him over the barricade. While Tanahashi is hanging on the barricade, Shingo Takagi decides to do the GTR move 
on him, drilling him down on the outside. When both of them get back into the ring, Tanahashi does a wonderful counter to Shingo's Last of the Dragon. Tanahashi manages to do a sling blade to stop that maneuver. Then this was the combination that took everyone's breath away, including my own. I was not expecting Tanahashi to do Ibushi's finisher, the Kamigori to Shingo Takagi. So Tana does the Kamigori, goes up, hits high fly flow, and covers Shingo. Shingo, being the dragon that he is, kicks out of all of that. That wrestler's instinct, that fighting spirit that New Japan Pro Wrestling is known for, allows this match to continue. Having Tanahashi use Ibushi's finisher, the Kamigori, is phenomenal storytelling in this wonderful main event. If you guys forgot, both Ibushi and Tanahashi were once a tag team and held those heavyweight tag team championship titles at one point. So for Tanahashi to do the Kamigori and to channel Ibushi in this match, being again the light and the hope of this match to dethrone Tanahashi made a lot of sense. Everything that Tanahashi was throwing at Shingo was a lot of the light aspect, the hope aspect, the never give up side of Tanahashi and the whatever he's going to do, take advantage of the situation. At that moment, I consider Tanahashi the god of pro wrestling. He was wrestling on a god tier against Shingo not giving Shingo a moment's rest. Sometimes they were resting. But if you really think about it, the overall picture, Tanahashi had more of a home field advantage in the Tokyo Dome than Shingo. And all of that energy provided this moment, this moment for us to cheer for Tanahashi and also cheer for Shingo, but wanting Tanahashi to become champion because it felt right it was like everything if you had a checklist all the boxes were checked off and at the end you really wanted the ace to be victorious this next attack by Tanahashi to Shingo really solidified and let me know how much this championship title match meant to him he did that Shibata headbutt to Shingo, which looked devastating, and it definitely had me speechless. And then we get two dragon suplexes, and the second one, Tanahashi manages to do a bridge for it. However, Shingo kicks out. The dragon is not dead yet, and the dragon won't be dead for a while, because both Shingo and Tanahashi manage to fight on top of the ropes. And Shingo gets the advantage and does a second rope, Last of the Dragon, to Tanahashi. Tanahashi manages to kick out of that until Shingo decides to do one more Last of the Dragon. And that puts away Tanahashi. Tanahashi does not become our new champion. Shingo Takagi wins and retains the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title in a match of the year contender with wrestlers of the year contenders. It was a beautiful, well done match. And then everything becomes evil. That's right. At the end of a wonderful main event, 
Shingo Takagi's next opponent will be evil from the Bullet Club. Evil already had a video package prepared for the champion, whoever it may have been, and challenged them for the IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title. And so, lights go out, lights appear back on, and Evil is behind Shingo Takagi. Shingo has this look of surprise and maybe a little bit of dread in there. And then when he turns around, Evil does his finisher. Everything is evil and stands above Shingo Takagi holding that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title. I'm excited for the next phase of Shingo Takagi's next opponent, next story, and the championship title all in one because evil represents darkness. And we just had a wonderful, lighthearted, feel-good match. And then when you bring in evil and the tactics of Bullet Club, it changes the dynamic. Now we have a story of light versus dark. Now we have a story of a fiery dragon that will shield that IWGP World Heavyweight Championship title with tons of victories. Wow. If it falls into the darkness, if it falls into evil's hands, you best believe that evil will not be that much of a fighting champion and that everyone else will be the pawns in his game. And you have to eliminate the pawns in order to get to the secondary king. Our first king is Jay White, but our second king is evil. And I did say in a previous podcast episode that I found it weird in the beginning of the year, the interesting dynamic that Jay White and Evil have. There was this weird feeling that Evil felt like he was going to undermine everyone in the Bullet Club, including Jay White, and go into business for himself while Jay White was focusing on Ishii and the six men never open weight tag team championship titles with G.O.D. And then also having single matches with Ishii because Ishii was the one that wasn't in place. And that's why we don't have King Switch as our IWGP world heavyweight champion at the moment or our double champion at the time when he was trying to take on Kota Ibushi. So I'm still curious if we're going to be following that storyline that I picked up. Is Evil going to undermine Bullet Club now that Jay White, G.O.D. are here in the States and not in Japan to make sure that Evil and the rest of everyone else falls in line? I know in the beginning of Jay White's reign as frontman for a bullet club that he thinks that is very stupid to tell people what to do and that's where that individual thought and that individual personality comes into play with bullet club as jy being the frontman but if things need to be corrected you best believe jy and or tamatanga will definitely correct those that misbehave in the bullet club if you get where i'm going with this so it's kind of interesting the stories that are being drawn now because Bullet Club is separated. Bullet Club is reaching more eyes here in the States by having Chris Bay possibly join the ranks of Bullet Club, which will be amazing. It will be amazing once it's officially announced and it officially happens. I'm excited 
for Chris Bay to be in the Bullet Club. I'm excited for Chris Bay to interact with the other members of Bullet Club when he gets the chance to tour over in New Japan. And I'm also very interested in all the stories that are taking place with this amazing open partnership that we have across the companies. But again, do not sleep on evil. Do not sleep on his storyline with him and Dick Togo trying to take over New Japan Pro Wrestling on behalf of Bullet Club because I bet you something is going to go down and is going to be a huge payoff. If it didn't happen in the beginning of the year when we had that amazing chemistry between Evil and Jay White, it's eventually probably going to happen maybe at the end of this year or at the beginning of next year, depending on how things go. I live for stories like this because I know that these guys can tell amazing stories and keep me hooked from beginning to end. All right, guys, I hope you enjoy my full analysis of Wrestle Grand Slam, even though it was just supposed to be the main event. But I felt like if I didn't talk about the previous matches, it would just be lackluster. If you enjoy what I do, here is how you can support me. Head over to Twitter at Marie underscore shadows. Make sure you're following me there for any updates, any laughs. Anything new that comes out on the Square Circle podcast and the Ring Crew vlog, which is me vlogging about the wrestling scene. This podcast episode will be available on anchor.fm forward slash Square Circle podcast. If you listen to Spotify podcasts and Apple podcasts, it will be there too. Just search up Square Circle podcast. Head over to YouTube. It will be a video up on there too. And then if you want to take it a step further, make sure to visit the website www.ravagelands.com to sign up for the newsletter and look at my wrestling writings, my vlogs, my audio, anything to get you excited about professional wrestling as much as it gets me excited. There's a lot of new ventures for me coming up in the year. You guys will all know about it. So make sure you sign up for that newsletter directly at RavageLands.com. You have been listening to an episode of the Square Circle Podcast. I am your host, Marie Shadows, and I'll see you guys on the next one.